Hi, my name is Eric Chase, host of 68 Words, presented by the Ability Center. Our first guest is Perry Garner, a current University of Toledo pharmacy student, a full-time mom, and a two-time Ability Center Scholarship Award winner. You said pediatric stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, what age did that occur at? So they believe, the only information I have is that um, it occurred around the time I was born. They don't exactly know at what time, if it was before, during, or after, and what the cause was. I actually, I feel like with social media, there is a lot more awareness of people with disabilities. And um, our generation has taught people and their children to be kinder to humans in general. I feel like just overall, so that's, and I, I, want to help continue that uh, mentality that everyone is unique and different and that's okay and no one is normal everyone is different and that's how I teach my children people places and spaces doing disability differently sharing first-hand experience in our monthly podcast inspired by the 68 words that spoke the disability rights movement learn where it started and what's next hi my name is Stuart James and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center and welcome to 68 words please let me uh, introduce and you get to say hi to um, Perry Garner now Perry is is the nickname, the short name? Correct. What does it say on your birth certificate and your license? <laughs> okay, Peregrine. Peregrine. Yes. Okay, Peregrine. <laughs> For some reason, we're here to talk about uh, your disability yes. and dis- the disability community yes. um, and how you can be inspiring and inspiring to others yeah. um, and you being a mom to three girls, yes. which is probably the biggest struggle you have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, well hold, hold on. One thing that wasn't put on your prep sheet was... Okay. Um, Aside from disability inspiration, you can give people mm-hmm. mom of three girl inspiration. Mm-hmm. Single mom of three girl? Not single anymore. Okay, good. All right, good. I- <laughs> you, you enlisted help. That's yes. Good, good, good. Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll get to the mom stuff later on. Um, this is, you are a decorated person here with the Ability Center. A two-time Ability Center scholarship award winner. Yes. Will you leave some money for somebody else? Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know what? When I applied for the second time, I said I would prefer that someone else receive it even though i still need help mm-hmm. so like please give it to other people okay put me aside i want to see other people succeed did they tell you that <laughs> you can't win anymore or can you just be like the golden state warriors and win as, <laughs> as win as much as you can they, were, they said that you can win multiple years in a row as okay. possible so. it, is the two in is it two in a streak or a two in a row two in a row okay all right yeah. so when uh when people submit uh, their essays, their questionnaires, mm-hmm. um, if by some chance maybe they come here to drop them off, mm-hmm. do you hide in the bushes and say, hey, <laughs> hey, look, there ain't no way you're winning this no, year. No, no, I okay. say, I spread the word, please apply, right, good. please everybody. <laughs> good, and we'll get into what you've done with that because I know, I don't think you work, you spend so much time school and mom, right? Yes, Okay. Yes. Uh, we'll come around to all this stuff. You seem okay. kind of comfortable now, right? Yes, I'm better. <laughs> um, I have... It's a, there's a question on the prep sheet here you saw as yeah, well, and maybe yeah. you raised an eyebrow to it. May, may, I would guess you would have an answer to this. Okay. <laughs> How did you get your name? The answer <laughs> yeah. I would come up with is your parents gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, so um, my mom, she actually loves history. I do as well. And she loves to read. And it was the, actually the first person, boy, male of European descent to come over on the Mayflower to be born off the Mayflower named Peregrine White. You were? Wait. Or no, named the for person, that person. I was named from that person. Got it. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Um, what is your favorite part of history? 
I just love U.S. history. Um, I just love history in general. Okay. I just love history. Um, I'm learning new things. Did you carry on the tradition with your with your mom to your daughters? Um, the only tradition I carried on is that my grandmother, my mother, myself, and my oldest daughter have the same middle name. What's that? K K A Y K A Y. Very simple. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my my personality name it's just Eric E R I C. But yeah. my legal name. Uh-huh. Um, is Eric, A-R-I-C. Oh. Um, some people know that. I don't hide it. I put it out there sometimes. And I, I wanted to share with you that, um, like you, when I was a little boy and even now, people mispronounce it. They yeah. say it different kinds of ways. So what kind of weird mispronunciations have you... And she just rolled her <laughs> eyes. So give me the give me the top three mispronunciations. Uh, um, I can't even say it, but like... Oh, my goodness. Like Perry Grine. Okay. Uh it just gets butchered, honestly. <laughs> Perrier, like the water? You ever get oh, that? Oh, no, but I get all these different, sp- like um, uh, periwinkle, peri chair. I don't know what it's peri from um, the platypus show. I forget what it's called. Perry the platypus. Okay. Like all those types of things. When you were a kid, <laughs> did you did you get teased about your name at all? Was yes. Your, what was one that you the bullies came after you with? Just like Pippi Longstockings mm. or... This things like that periwinkle. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, it's Perry, Perry Garner. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to uh, when you were a kid. Give me the Perry origin story, and then we'll talk about your disability. Because okay. uh, for those that are not watching, and unless there's someone in the ceiling, <laughs> it's only me and Perry. Yeah. I, I would look at you, and I do not see a disability. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what we're here to talk about. Right. Um, I know Stuart here. Like he tells me that I have a, uh, I am disabled in some way. I have bipolar two, mm-hmm. and my brain keeps me from doing some things Mm -hmm. uh it's minutiae it's semantics Mm -hmm. um but hey it's it kind of goes goes back to the trait saying like everybody's got something most people i think and you're probably you probably you're familiar with this Mm -hmm. people would look at you and go you're you're totally fine so give me your origin story okay um well first of all i was born in toledo ohio and i was born at mercy hospital um near the i grew up in the old west end so it was in the old west end um it's no longer open so anyways i was diagnosed with having a pediatric stroke um, when I was four years old. So that was just, um, my journey began there with a lot of physical and occupational therapy um, up until about third grade. And then my mother didn't have, she had multiple jobs and didn't have insurance, so we had to stop doing that kind of stuff. But then when I was in junior high, I went to a school for kids with disabilities and we had horseback riding therapy. So that was really interesting. What were some of the challenges that you, you said pediatric stroke, mm-hmm. um, what age did that occur at? So they believe, the only information I have is that um, it occurred around the time I was born. They don't exactly know at what time, if it was before, during, or after, and what the cause was. How, is, how common is that? Um, it's... It's considered like cerebral palsy and, and pediatric stroke is considered rare, but at the same time, cerebral palsy is the um, largest um, disability of children in the world. Sure, something that, most common. Yeah, something that I think most people are fairly familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks different because you yes. would not look like someone who might have that. Exactly. Um, so, what were some of the challenges when you were growing up? But I, I know we talked about mm-hmm. getting to be uh, in middle school, I think, and, and no insurance. Yeah. But yeah. Go, getting up to that, what were the challenges that you faced? So I fell a lot. <laughs> um, okay. So I have weakness on my left side of my body. I'm not coordinated. I have some muscle. Um, issues. It's mostly physical. So yeah, I would have a hard time doing d- daily tasks like um, um, 
clothing myself. I had to learn how to like clothe myself properly. I had a hard time with buttons, zippers, um, just that fine motor skills on my left hand. And I used to fall a lot where they almost, I almost had to wear a helmet to protect mm. myself. And I still fall to this day. I've just learned to catch myself better. <laughs> now it's just like general general human clumsiness. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. how many Legos have you stepped on over the years? Oh the my gosh. Yeah. I just fall on it. it there, there's not even an object in the room and I fall. So. Right, right. Um, <laughs> what, uh, for others who might have, or, or, educate me and others about cerebral palsy mm. and some of that, I guess, occupational mm. therapy that you went through sure. where you had a trouble, like you just described, buttoning, mm. zippers, yeah. everyday things, um, to go through that challenging process to get that physical therapy, to get to a point where you can, this becomes second nature to you. Okay, so I actually started therapy at St. V's Hospital when I was four years old. And at the time, I know this is this is a visual thing, so I, it's hard to explain. But my like my left arm was so spastic, I guess it was up against my body, and so when I'd walk, and I'd also walk on my tippy toe on my left side, so I had to learn really learn how to walk and move my arm out and um, my position my body in a normal fashion so that um, to avoid falls or hurting myself, that sort of thing. Um, so the process of that was I had sometimes I had it um, I did that those sort of things at the hospital but I also had like an in-home nurse come in and help me with some of those occupational things like I had to work on my fine motor skills what what ages were, were you in school at this point yes um, were you teased because of this yes yeah. a lot I, I just remember <clears throat> at the time being like in kindergarten or first grade and people would be like, what's wrong with your hand? Why do you have a, I would have an AF, it's called an AFO. It's kind of like a cast on your, or a splint on your hand and your leg. And um, kids would just be like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why do you have that? And I would just be like, oh, I had a stroke. Like every six year old knows what a stroke yeah. is. And, it, and they would say like, oh, you mean like your heart, you had a heart attack? And I just didn't understand. I'm like, no, a stroke. And I just could not comprehend at the time, why they didn't understand that concept. How old were you around this time? <laughs> Probably six or seven. Yeah. Very young. I knew I knew what was happening to me. Right. I knew I was very aware. But you couldn't you couldn't explain it to them for them to grasp. Exactly. Um when when did you not be okay with being teased about it, but you just kind of let it roll off your back. Did you you built up some thick skin or what? I know it always yeah. hurts, but at, did you did you did you hit a point where you're like, you know what, just shut up? <laughs> yeah, I think um, one of the actually when it was able-bodied children that would say things, I would just be like, well, they don't understand. It's okay, and it really wouldn't bother me. But probably when it did hurt me the most is when I did go to the school for um, kids with disabilities in junior high. You know, you're more of a, a sensitive. Um, place at that time at that age in junior high and there was another um girl that had other disabilities than myself and she would make fun of my hand like why does it why does your hand look like that so that hurt and then I just after that I'm like it just didn't but I don't know you just you get over it you don't let people bother you um to go, to go backwards a little bit uh may I ask how old you are I'm 35. 35. Okay. I'm 43. <laughs> okay. We're a little close maybe yeah. we were in the same school generation like yeah. I look back um, to me at that age, mm -hmm. and I said some horrific things oh. <laughs> uh, to able-bodied kids, yeah. to kids who had issues, yeah. um, and I regret the hell out of it. Yeah. I don't beat myself up too much for it, mm -hmm. um, but 
do you think that we have come a long way since then where some of that teasing and whatnot has subsided? There's a little more understanding. There's a little more empathy and sympathy mm-hmm. among kids. And you have three of them. Yes. Do you see them and their friends? Um, what's the what's the landscape like with them where, Like when, as mm-hmm. opposed to when we were growing up? Like... Not that it's a it's a disability thing, but I was relentlessly teased about the size of my nose. It was awful. Oh, like, me too. <laughs> it, 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 it was awful. Um, and then again, you just get older and you let it roll off your yeah. back. But what's the climate like for for your girls now? Well, I feel like um, I actually I feel like with social media, there is a lot more awareness of people with disabilities, and um, our generation has taught people and their children to be kinder to humans in general. I feel like just overall, so that's, and I I want to help continue that uh, mentality that everyone is unique and different and that's okay and no one is normal. Everyone is different and that's how I teach my children to be. Um, When uh, I was visiting with Stuart and uh, Brad Hertig, who, are you familiar with him at all? I am not. (laughs) Brad was in a short, the tweet length version is Brad was in a horrific factory incident and Mm. lost both of his arms. wild just a wild wide wild story very inspirational mm-hmm. now um i i he blew me away watching him speak with so much enthusiasm and i wasn't expecting like he pulled his arms on and off oh. but just so inspiring funny entertaining i can see why he's he gets paid a lot of money deservedly <laughs> so to speak and i asked both him and and Stuart, um do you think you have a disability and both of them kind of said, not really. Um, not to put words in their mouth, I'll ask you the same question. Yeah. At, and at different ages, because yeah. you physically look different now than when you were this age and we're right. going through the therapy. Um, so I'll ask the question, do you have a disability? Do you think you have a disability? Yes, I do. Um, when I was younger, I, I, I'll be honest, I felt like, I've always felt this way. I felt like I was kind of in this, this middle I was like this in this middle. I didn't know where I fit in because people couldn't see that I was disabled, but I had a lot of challenges physically throughout my whole life. So growing up, my parents and my family just encouraged me to be do everything. It didn't like they didn't they didn't um, push me aside or like hold me back. They were like, you can do anything, which I think was awesome. But then when I got older and I started experiencing more challenges of getting older with a disability. I really had to look at it a different way and say, um, you know, I need help and it's okay to ask for help. And I do have a disability and um, I want to be there for other people that have maybe in the same path as me where it was not so bad as a child or you kind of just, you just went with the punches as a child and that's how you thought it was going to be that, but then we get older, you have more challenges. That's okay. What are your chal- What are your toughest challenges now, other than having three girls, <laughs> keeping them off of social media, and having right. them spend too much time on TikTok? Yeah. Well, um, as far as with my disability goes, um, after I had my last daughter, so I thought my concept of my disability was, this is how you are, this is how it's going to be, and this is how you're going to be the rest of your life. And because when you hit like 18 or an adult, you don't have as much support with your disabilities as you did as a child because they just they want you to get to a certain point and then just be capable of like living your life so I just thought this is how I'm going to be the rest of my life and I accepted that great but then when I had my last daughter I started experiencing like excruciating pain daily and I didn't know what was going on I thought I was having new diagnoses well for the past it's been um, eight years they just keep 
the doc, my doctors just say, no, it's because of your cerebral palsy and aging. And it's just, that's what it is. So that's a big challenge I've had to face in the past nine years or as an older adult is handling that pain, handling it, that. I'm <laughs> looking at you and I gather that it's more mental agony at this point than physical. Um, there was a lot of like, yeah, <laughs> there, yeah, I have a lot of things from my past that have contributed to that. I've realized. So now I'm at a point where I can, um, I'm handling my pain issues a lot better. What is, uh, walk me through the mental health aspect mm -hmm. a little bit further sure. of the different stages of you managing your disability. Mm -hmm. um, we already talked about being teased as a kid. Yeah. That's awful and agonizing mm -hmm. and why child suicides are, are up these mm -hmm. days and so much more. Yeah. Walk me through the different stages of you handling this uh, th with your mental health because mm -hmm. that's the one reason where I always kind of like push back on Stuart. Mm -hmm. um, my mental health, it actually did cause me physical issues. Right. Um, and I'll keep it short because this is about you. Um, <laughs> my undiagnosed anxiety mm. was burning up my tendons and ligaments. Oh, wow. Um, I would go get MRIs and x-rays and they'd be like, it's yep. inflammation. I'm like, <laughs> I know that. Um, went to rheumatologist yeah. and they're like, it's not RA. Yeah. And then some even were like, fibromyalgia, which is a diagnosis yep. they just kind of throw out exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> then one day I got on the right medication and it, and it completely stopped my anxiety. I oh, literally good. have like no anxiety good. now. I, and I can activate my, my techniques I know. Um, so it was, my, my brain was burning up my body, Yeah. but I always think about someone like you mm -hmm. or people that are in this building, what the, what the mental health challenges are yeah. when it comes to dealing with a physical disability, yes. which I don't really have to deal with. I have to, it's hard to fight your brain, mm -hmm. but to fight your brain and your body, right. tell me about that. Well, I just, I want to give a little background information, um, and it has to do with my children, um, and, and them giving me strength. So... Um, one of the things I realized probably contributed to my pain, not only my cerebral palsy, is that my ex-husband was actually abusive. Mm. And I, that's why I say I contribute a lot to my children because they gave me the strength to leave. And so being in that situation for so many years gave me a lot of anxiety and fear. And I feel like that did contribute to a lot of my pain problems. So now, it's been years, it's, I've been divorced for four years now. So <laughs> I've really, I used to be, I would just, like when I first went back to school, I would just have a panic attack going into the school just to ask a question because fear of new places. But I've learned to, I just expose myself to different things to try to like manage that anxiety, kind of like an exposure type that, of therapy. That's what it's, it's called. <laughs> it's called flooding or immersion. Oh, okay. It's, it's an example I use uh, all the time. There was, there was a book that literally saved my life oh. um, when I started chasing this diagnosis. It's yeah. called, the, it's very hokey, The Feeling Good Handbook. Okay. But there's very uh, rudiment, rudimentary um, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. Yeah. And the, a couple really hit me hard. And one of them was immersion. Yeah. Um, I use the example, and I have to change this because the movie is now like 17 years old. <laughs> Did you see the first good Batman movie? I don't think so. Right. Sorry. You know, you know the story. So so Bruce Wayne, the rich guy, yeah. goes into this cave, <laughs> right. and the bats, thousands of them, start, yeah. start swirling around him. He's yeah. terrified of bats. Oh, yeah. He's crouched down in fear, mm -hmm. but then he stands up, 
and the big orchestral music plays and because it's a Batman movie, yeah. he is overcoming his fear because he right. was immersed in that. Exactly. And that's what I try to teach kids and anybody else because um, our anxiety will often lie to us. Like if you stick yourself in it, you sweat through it and mm -hmm. it sucks, but yeah. then you're like, what? the light goes on and you're like, well, why was I so afraid exactly. all along? <laughs> and that's probably exactly what you're doing when you went to school. You yes. sweat it out and you're like, exactly. the worst. The building didn't collapse on me. Yeah, exactly. So now, now it's been a few years, I feel like I can, when I felt overwhelmed in that way, I felt like, so I feel like stress is a trigger mm -hmm. for some of my chronic pain. So now that I, I'm better at managing my thoughts and emotions to not trigger that pain. How do you manage them? My emotions? Uh, well, like I said, I just, I just, even if I'm scared and I'm nervous, I'm, sh I'm literally shaking. I just said, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go do it and I'm gonna expose myself to the environment. Nothing's gonna happen. I kind of just talk myself through it and, and do my best. <laughs> uh, another line from that book, talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. <laughs> Um, are, are, is there anything that you won't do? Do you have any kind of like ridiculous fears? I'll share oh, mine with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will not like jump out of a plane. Right? <laughs> okay. I'm with you on that. I, I will not take the risk. I don't like heights. Yeah. I, same will, here. I will not take the risk of that chute not opening. Yeah. Exactly. Because for how many ever seconds I'm thinking about how hard I'm going to hit the ground. Exactly. Do you have anything else? Um, I'm kind of afraid of water, of like deep water. Okay. So. You should be. Water can be scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you'll 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 never guess mine, but people yeah. find it funny, and okay. and they tease me. It's totally fine. I earned it. So the heights bothers me a little yeah. bit, but if you said to me like, I'll give you a thousand dollars to go stand at the top of the highest Cedar Point ride for a half an hour, yeah, I'll take your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not like band aids at all. Oh, really? At all. All right. Because of, of summer camp, and then uh -oh. the, like my stomach is starting to turn. Oh no. So, oh no. You could say, I'll give you $1,000 to put a band aid on right now. <laughs> nope. Not a chance. <laughs> That's um, What was it like to go after the scholarship here for the, uh, for the, with the Ability Center? Two time winner yeah. again, the Steph Curry of the Ability <laughs> Center scholarship. Because again, you're not working right now. You are like deep into school and you yeah. want to be a pharmacist? Yes. Okay. Tell me about your education. Um, okay. So, right now I'm, uh, I'm going into my. Uh, it's called P2 Professional um, Year 2 for Pharmacy. So I've already done three years. I have three more years to go in the pharmacy program at University of Toledo. So last year was my first professional year in the program. Um, as far as the scholarship goes, I just, I remember I went to the zoo one day for a disability events um, and the Billy Center was there. So that's how I found out about the Billy Center. And then I was just curious about, you know, if they did offer any scholarships. So I went on their website and I thought, oh, okay. And I called, I said, is there an age limit? Because sometimes there's an age limit for these scholarships. And they go, oh no, any, you know, anyone can apply. You just have to have the, a disability and this, there's some other things. And I applied and I just was like, this is a, this seems very competitive, but I am going to just try my best. What is it, you know, just trying, just, that's what I always tell myself, no matter what, as long as you tried. So I just said, okay, I'll try. And the day I got the phone call, I cried all day. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed with joy. I just could not believe that they awarded it to me. I was just so Twice. Grateful. I know. Two times. I know. And then I just, I go, I almost didn't apply the second time because 
my confidence, I guess, I was just like, no, you know, that would be really tough. And I said, you know, again, I just told myself, again, I talked to myself through my anxieties. I said, it doesn't hurt to try. Mm-mm. So I just, I applied. But then, like I said, when I turned it in, I said, I really want to see other people be awarded this that need it. I, I, I need it. <laughs> but I'd rather see it go to other people, like just FYI and so when I got, I was just like, over, I was just overwhelmed. I was just, I couldn't believe it. One thing that caught my attention uh, in your in your essay was I was going through this very, very carefully. You're a very <laughs> good student. And there's stuff yeah. in here that I want to ask you about that you're probably not expecting, okay. which I'm very excited for. Um, you specifically wanted to go into pharmacy to help people with disabilities, yes. to f- dispense better medications. Talk to me about that. So um, I wanted to go into pharmacy because, well, first of all, my great-grandfather was a pharmacist, and he had a pharmacy in Sylvania. It's now J&G's Pizza. That's where the... Wow! That was where the pharmacy was located. Look at that. I think that's pretty cool. I like his, like I said, I like history. Um, But so after I had all these pain issues, I just felt like there wasn't a lot of currently a lot of options for people in pain, or it was very difficult to get help for people in pain or people in pain are kind of, I wouldn't say ignored, but if you're not dying, you know, it's just kind of like, you're kind of set to the side a little bit. And I'm not trying to be negative, but it's just my experience as a person with chronic pain. I I gave you some, that that (laughs) happened to me. Like I was so tired of being told, well, you have inflammation. I'm like, I know why. Why, exactly. It's like you, it's, it's unfortunate because when we're young, we have a lot of weird ideas of things. We think unicorns exist. We think we'll never step on a Lego. All that nonsense. And you think that you're going to go to the doctor and get better. Exactly. This is not to... Unfortunately, there is a continuum Mm -hmm. of um, people who do good podcasts and bad ones. And that also exists with like doctors and pilots, which is quite frightening. But I... I, we all need healthcare. Exactly. You, you can't go too far without seeing how much healthcare costs people these days. And yeah. it's like going and getting a $65 steak and it tastes like a hamburger. Right. <laughs> like if we're gonna pay this much for healthcare, we want these things to yes. hurt. And if we go somewhere we don't get answers, like you and I seemingly had, yes. it's demoralizing. It, yes, it's very frustrating and, and it's hard. And so I thought, you know what? I want, I'm gonna educate myself to do the best that I can to figure out what's going on with myself and that I can give back and help other people. What if you, uh, you like history. Yes. Uh, now you're like neck deep in like drugs, yeah. the legal kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have, are, are there any moments where you're like, wow, that's like, I just found out there was a pharmacy at J&G's, which yeah. I know, bad Toledo pizza person I've never had. I know how good it is. Yeah. What, what's like a nugget that you learned in your studies? You're like, well, I never knew that. Like they mixed, uh, like no. they did use actual bubble gum in amoxicillin. Oh, I they didn't did. know. They did. No, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But like, what's something that you've learned as a pharmacist that you kind of nerded out on? Oh, um... Just some of the ingredients that were used to be used in pharmacy and before it was regulated. Coke, like Coke? <laughs> yes, like Coke. Like heroin was a brand name made by Bayer yeah. back in the day. <laughs> and that's just, my dad actually taught, taught me that. Um, there's a question on here. Let, let me ask you two uh, more serious ones and then we'll start to slide along a little bit. Okay. Um, you alluded to it a little bit. Mallory has it highlighted and I don't want to get fired after the first one, so I'm going to read this. <laughs> okay. What are you doing? And you, you've discussed it a little bit, yeah. but you're a very bright woman um, and you're probably a little scared because yeah. of what we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. 
what are you putting in place so that you don't have to worry about or you can more health in a more healthy way worry about the pain the discomfort right. the disability as you age right so like i said before i i thought at 18 20 years old this is as bad as it's going to get for my disability and this is the rest of my life and then when i started having these pain issues i realized no i have to do i have to be more proactive in my health so that i don't get worse or or not or slow it down so like one of the things i did so when i first started college um, I was a, I knew I could do it mentally, but I was afraid of my physical issues that I'd be too tired to get through it. But I said, again, I said, I'm going to try. So then I started spring 2020 in March, everything went online, which was actually really good for me because I was able to do everything online. Well, then fast forward to fall 2021, it was not only, it was my first professional year of, um, farm pharmacy school, which was 18 credit hours. And it was the first semester, everything was back in person. And I just thought to myself, I have to do something if I'm gonna physically get through this. So I actually, that whole summer, I went back to physical therapy. I actually asked my doctor for physical therapy so I could get myself ready for walking on campus, sitting yeah. all day. So that was the big thing I did. And I also got another AFO for my leg um, and then just learned, you know, to I mentally prepared myself to say listen to your body take a break when you need a break don't overdo it because I'm very headstrong and even if I'm totally exhausted ready to fall over I will push myself till I just fall over yes <laughs> so yeah that's what I that's what I've been doing is just listening to my body going to physical therapy following up with my doctors I I don't know if you thought about it this way but it went through my head mm -hmm. the same way that you trained mm -hmm. to go back to school mm -hmm. was like training for ma marathon 5k any kind of competition any yeah. studying to for an essay like yeah. you prepared for exactly. it so there's a there's a lot of um savvy foresight that went into that yes. so that's great advice yes. the other thing and i think i'll always ask um people that are sitting here wherever we do this podcast um what is your advice and i think this is going to vary person to person because everything is subjective yeah. Um, we all are a product of our own experiences. Mm -hmm. What would um, what would you say to somebody who might be staring at someone? The, mm -hmm. the staring mm -hmm. instant, in, instance when it comes to someone with a disability. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do it. We talked about this in, on my podcast with Stuart. Like, I don't do it out of malice. Yeah. In the same way, like, if I saw a pink bunny. Right. <laughs> I just don't see a lot of these. So right. I'm, I'm going to look yeah. out of curiosity. What is your... Um, what's your pr perspective on the other side of that as someone with a disability? Mm -hmm. um, what's your advice to people? Well, I would say if you're if you're generally curious, I would I would politely ask the person like, "Hi, I'm, I'm my name's this. I, nice to meet you." Like, just ask them questions. Just be a normal person and yeah. just like talk to them. The I think we're all around these discussions. <laughs> you have probably thought this yourself because you see people. Um, somebody who might be mi missing a, a limb mm. or or whatever it might be. And I know that there are, like again, different kinds of people. One person might not want to be asked about it because it's a right. very sore subject. Right. Somebody else, like you just said, when they see go ahead. Yeah. Ask what you yeah. want to ask. Yeah. I love talking about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a delicate situation. It is. It is. Um, 
Well, thank you for sharing that. Yep. <laughs> um, let's slide over to some super fun stuff. Okay. Um, how? What, what is your? What's your top piece of advice for parenting three girls? Patience. <laughs> There's not enough of it. There's not. What do you do when you run out of patience? Which is probably happens a lot. No. Um, my girls, they're they're just awesome. You know, just I talk to my children as if I just give it to them straight, and I'll tell them. As far as like with schooling and everything else, I just tell them to try their best. Um, I just talk through. I just talk through situations with my children. How old are they? They're going to be 12, 11, and eight or nine. Sorry. <laughs> and for those that can't see, I'm looking at the seat, there's no gray hair. <laughs> oh. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, it's it's thick under the. Okay. Under this. <laughs> um. What are your favorite things to do with them? I actually love taking them to all the Toledo area events, especially the Metro Parks. And um, like we just went to the Old West End Festival, the Crosby Arts Festival's coming up, just any any local historical, art-related, cultural, just local events to, sh- to share with my children. What are you guys doing this weekend, which will be the 18th and, if you didn't hear, if you I care, <laughs> common canceled tonight. Oh, Oh, it, I did not hear about that. It, I just seen it, it on Facebook. It was breaking news as soon as yeah. you walked in. Yeah. Oh. So the I first Promatica concert not happening. Oh, although by the time no. this is out there, um, what are your plans for the for this weekend with the girls? Um, this week I don't really have any plans this weekend. The strawberry. No, this is you and me talking. We, okay. I might even edit this out. The strawberry festival. Yeah. I didn't even know there was one. I I think we tried to go to that one year, but so sometimes again, I, like I said, I do have some a little social anxiety if if there's too many people or it's too crowded sometimes. I'll back out. That's why I like the Metro Parks. Mm-hmm. It's very quiet and relaxing. I love nature. So When I was <laughs> younger and first uh, doing radio stuff and I would host club gigs and DJ, I, I like to say that I, I used to cause the chaos. <laughs> now I avoid it at all costs. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite pizza place? I would have to say Blaze Pizza. We tend really? to order. We tend to door dash Blaze Pizza. Okay. <laughs> I had an event there not long ago. Oh, really? And I didn't try the pizza. Yeah. It looked fine. Um, and they were very nice. Yeah. So, good. What yeah. other, uh, what's, what's a not, they're chain. chain. What's a, what's a non-chain? Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge pizza person. Well, so, probably not my best. Okay. What? So, I really like, um, like, uh, Lebanese food. Okay. So, I'll shout out to Sedan yes. on Bancroft. Good food. Um, your favorite UT tradition, and I'm just asking that because it's on the it's on the list. Yep. So I would have to say um, the homecoming parade. I joined some other pharmacy students last semester for the parade, and my kids loved it. We actually were in the parade around campus, so that was really fun. Excellent. Um, what is your favorite part of American history? Oh my goodness. Um, well, okay, I know uh, the national parks. I love the national parks, hmm, the founding of the national parks. Interesting. This year is the 150th anniversary of the Yellowstone National Park opening. Which, which is underwater f- right which now. Which is underwater. Yeah. I know. I really wanted to go. And now it's like, well, it wasn't meant to be. And I'm upset that it's flooding. <laughs> that is extremely fascinating. Because <laughs> when I would ask anybody that question, and when I think of it, I think of the time period. Yeah. Is there a time period? No, there's no time period. I just like... I just love like historical monuments and just learning about what has happened in the past from then till now, the changes. 
A lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot has happened. Um, what uh, What are some places that you've been um, that are a part of our history that you've enjoyed going to? So, obviously, the art museum is awesome. The Old West End. I grew up in the Old West End. Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, I mean, what, across, what? across the country. Oh, okay. Um, We've I all mean, been to those oh, places. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, well, this is kind of close, but I, I think people don't realize. So, in Putin Bay, I know it's like a big party place, but honestly, it has Perry's Monument. Mm-hmm. And you can go up to the top on the elevator and see all the lakes. It's really beautiful. There's a crystal cave there on a winery, which is really awesome. And then there's also Perry's Cave, where the soldiers actually hid in the War of 1812, I believe. In it's not yours? No. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then, so, um, like, the Smoky... I just like national parks. So, like, Smoky Mountains. There's Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, which is, like, 400... It's, like, 300 feet underneath, and it's, like, the largest cave system in the world, I think, maybe. And that's just... It has a lot of... Um, african-american history there at the mammoth cave um they actually there's people used to go down there in the 1800s and and like right with right on the walls with smoke and that's still there it's still preserved so how this sounds like something that you would have done uh as as a job yeah what was there a career you considered in this um i mean yes oh god wait you might hold on Perry the pharmacist. Perry the pharmacist is a little alliterative, but I can see the seven million TikTok follower account now. Perry the park ranger. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Oh. You would have been a park ranger. I would have been a park ranger. Have you ever considered working at our metro parks? I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I've been, this this thing keeps popping up in my feed. Maybe you've seen it too. They're looking for like a camp inclusion program director. Oh. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, okay, last couple of things. Um, I have been, for a long time, been... I bought a condo a couple of years ago, made it my own. Um, a lot of money. Into, I can't do any of the stuff, so I hire people mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Um, got some brilliant countertops. Um, how much do you think it would cost to paint my cabinets? Do you know why I'm asking? Yeah, I know why you're asking this. This woman has spent the better part of her adult life working at Home Depot. Yep. Tell me the ins and outs of working at Home Depot. Okay. Um, I was the special order and installed sales manager. Yeah, you were. So, yeah, I know all about installing carpet and cabinetry and. You were there a long, so I, was. I looked at your, your resume <laughs> yeah. or, or the, on the, um, the scholarship essay yeah. and, and the questions, and I'm like, everybody's got, like, everybody works somewhere like that. I kept looking and looking and looking. I'm like, you've been there a long time. <laughs> yeah. You must have really loved it. Yeah, I did. I actually, I really loved Home Depot, um, and I loved, that was one of the things is I loved helping people, and I loved helping the customers, and that, but when I decided to go back to college, I said, I love helping people pick out their carpet and solving their problems. But can I solve bigger problems? And that's why I went into pharmacy because I wanted to solve healthcare problems. Okay. But yeah, Home Depot, awesome. Give me a Home Depot hack that no, well that some people might know about. Oh, oh, I don't know. It's been a long time since I worked there. <laughs> give Give me something that's uh, that's a secret of, of Home Depot that the average person might not know. Um, there, <laughs> there isn't more stuff in the back. <laughs> the back, because the back is, you're walking through the yeah, back, you're, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what would people come in and say, don't, don't you have this in the back? Oh, yeah. Like it's a JC Penny. Yes. Like, can you check in the back? <laughs> um, that, this is the, you look up, <laughs> if it's not there, it's That's not the back. there, yeah. Um, 
You seem like a patient person, but I'm sure you had some trying customers there, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's a what's a word or a quote, something profound that you that you live by? Oh, well, in general, I say life is short; don't waste it. So, just um, live your life now. Don't wait. Okay. If you want to do something, do it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being the first physical guest. Thank you for having me. Of course. 68 Words has been a production of The Ability Center. Hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon. And executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently.